Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. Our Dacia 211 pre-order sale is now on. Test drive a brand new Dacia today. Fantastic APR, no deposit and deferred monthly payments. Check out blackstonemotors.ie for details on our amazing new car offers. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to Late Lunch. Away we go again for another 12 months. A very different 12 months it will be. But one year, I have to say... That we've got to be hopeful. Yes, the days are dark at the moment and how things have changed since I last spoke to you on late lunch before the Christmas break. Yes, we are back in level five. The cases have gone through the roof. I don't think that's been a surprise to anybody because when you open up the way we did, well, what else would you expect? But here we are. We're back to square one again like we were last uh, springtime and it'll be almost a year, I think, before we really see a change in life here in Ireland. And we've got to brace ourselves for that. We've got to dig in. We've got to dig deep now these next two months. I think January, February are going to be very touched. But look... With vaccines on the way, and let's hope the vaccine rollout happens speedily, there is great hope. That has to be said in our darkest hour. And the other thing, folks, is this. Look at the light. The light. The day is getting longer each day. And it's lovely wintertime weather at the moment for getting out and about that 5K that you can. And let's just dig deep and get on with things. That's what we've got to do at this time. And keep the old spirits up. And that's what we're going to do today on Late Lunch. We're going to lift your spirits through the show this afternoon. But with some of our guests who, I have to tell you, Marie Faye, she's really inspirational. The wonderful Anne McVeigh, another brilliant, brilliant lady. We're talking to both of them a little bit later on in the show. If you want to get in touch with us, 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to that number or 1857-15958 if you'd like to call in. I have our little calendar here, our inspiration calendar from the Divine Word Missionaries. And again, it's something to ponder on the words for January. Jerry McCullough sends it in to me every year. And I will be reading the saying on today's calendar for January 2021 a little bit later on in the show when Marie Faye is actually with me. Now, we begin today on a sad note. Because you will have heard on our news over the new year that on New Year's Day, actually, the uh, word was announced and the news came to us, sadly, that Liam Riley, the legendary Liam Riley, singer, songwriter, bagatelle, you just mentioned the word, you think of Liam Riley, had passed away suddenly and unexpectedly at his home. And we had a lot of people reacting to it over the weekend. And we're going to talk about Liam and pay tribute to him and remember him over the next while. But first, let's go back to 2014. To be precise, the 22nd of May 2014, when Liam Riley 
and Ken. Yes, the uh, famous Ken, the uh, bass player uh, with Bagatelle as well, Ken Doyle, was in the late lunch studio here with Ken Murray, who was sitting in for me. I think I was off fishing at the time. What else would I be doing in May? Anyway, Liam and Ken were in. And I've listened back to that interview earlier today. And I want to, to have a listen to Liam talking about his growing up. I was brought up at a housing estate in Fatima in Dundalk until I was about 16 and we moved to the Abbey Road. I went to school on Bosch, so in primary school and started playing the harmonica there. And then accordion and I won several All-Ireland titles playing accordion and piano and flat in Ireland. No, I went to uh, Rory, Rory Kennedy and his deceased and Brendan Gawker and is thankfully still alive. And we enter, entered All-Ireland accordion and... Katie Band competitions were very successful. So I won th- my first run when I was 13 in 1967 in Enniscorty. Yeah, well, my dad was a good instrumentalist when he was a kid, and my mum was still singing, sings in choir, and she's 80 something. When we were about 16 and 17, myself and Kevin and Christy and the late John Jordan and Jim Coyle found a band called Changes, and we, we just played the local circuit and mad into the Beatles. And, all the usual David Bowie and I've learned everything 10cc the BGs all that and a phone call from America said send the lad over the old fella said I wouldn't do any harm take me away from the city and leave me to where I can be on my own everybody's really kind of stunned and a bit numb because um, it wasn't expected you know it's just totally out of the blue and uh, I mean Liam was an amazing musical force he really was he had uh, he was gifted as a musician he was gifted as a singer and he was also gifted as a great songwriter you know he's a huge he had an awful lot going for him I mean he was a he wasn't one of these people that would barge into the room and demand around. He wasn't like that. No, he was quite a quiet enough guy about it, you know. But I can tell you one thing. If you brought in a song or an idea and he got his hands on it, he would turn it into a masterpiece. He just had this amazing understanding of music, you know, really seriously, serious good understanding of music. As did our founding father, the late John O'Brien, and when the two of them got together, they were an unbelievable musical force. It was an honour to be on stage with those guys, you know. When I first heard Liam playing, he said he writes a couple of songs, and he played Summer and Dublin to me on an out-of-tune piano in uh, John O'Brien's house, who started the band. And uh, I remember saying to him when he finished, did you write that? And he said to me, yeah, why? I said, do you not like it or something? And I said, <laughs> I do, it's not Baby I Love You, it's, it's very interesting, you know, like I know all the places you're singing about, because I'm from Bray and Dunleary and that's just up the road. And um, he was delighted that I liked because at the time he or I or nobody knew what that song would turn into. But I did it immediately. But the first time I ever heard Liam sing when he auditioned for us, I tell you, 30 seconds in, I realised this is a special guy, you could tell he was special. I mean, when you take in the songs like the second violin, love is the reason. I mean, just so many to mention. It's also worth m- mentioning that their greatest hits, Goals, the best of Bagatelle, was actually platinum album, one of the biggest, uh, greatest hits, uh, selling albums in Ireland and such. And obviously, I, I asked Liam about all these achievements, not only himself and Ken Doyle. Ken has obviously been there with, from the start, from '78 onwards. And so he was humble about it, and it's. It's um, it's it, it'll be poignant to me now. Every time I, you know, if I'm uh, at home or I hear someone in, in 
encounter on, on, on my radio. I'm privileged to know that I, that I wrote a book about the band and obviously about that song. And, you, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's lovely, it's bittersweet, I suppose, to hear you know, you know, so many, so many radio stations and people and papers talking about it. But um, he was a privilege to know the band were absolutely uh, superb to work with as well. I would also say that I was asked them many times, uh, are, the, are the band still doing stuff? And you know what? They can sell out the likes of the Cork Opera House, Vicar Street, the Millennium Forum up in Derry. They were still selling out uh, all these these um, venues up to last year. And I, I know that the band were looking forward and chatted to, to them. They were looking forward to getting, you know, getting the COVID out of the way, getting back on the uh, on the road and gigging as well, you know. So it's a, it's, 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 it's a very sad day, not for, for obviously for Liam, the family and close friends, but for, for Irish music in general. I'm gonna play tried to get you two signed he went into Polydor Records in Dublin and he said we are going to be the next Bagatelle can you imagine that that's a big Bagatelle where you know in Ireland they were absolutely massive I can remember as a kid switching on TV and there was a I think live at the National Stadium Bagatelle concert was on on TV and they were that big and I mean they were big enough to be asked to support Bob Marley in Daily Mount Park when he played and then live at sorry Southside where all the top Irish bands played you know U2 and Van Morrison Bagatelle were on that bill as well and I mean they had some huge you know big names involved in producing their stuff and I mean, those names and those record labels would never have got involved if Liam's songs hadn't been absolutely top notch put together I mean he really knew how to put together a song and I remember weirdly weird years ago, I was, I was studying computers um, in the 80s down in, in a place um, near the Norseman pub. I can remember we were all leaning out the window one day and there there come Liam, comes Liam down the road and we recognised him and shouted at him and shouted, give us a line of the summer in Dublin. And he did, he shouted a few lines of the song for us. So he was obviously a guy that connected really well with the public. It's, it's all very good being a songwriter, being a great musician, but you have to have that X factor. And um, Liam obviously had that X factor, and like all great songwriters, you know, we, we remember his music, and his music will be with us for some time to come. In fact, when you think about it, Somewhere in Dublin is probably up there with Fairy Tale in New York, it's one of the most iconic uh, Irish songs of all time. I mean, a fabulous band, and they were selling records when, boy, when, when you really did sell records. Think about that, 10,000 copies of a single selling every week, so massive superstars, a huge loss to us. And, I suppose something very 2020 in that about this is not them. Um, a lot of Irish people are obviously stuck abroad this Christmas, and Summer in Dublin was becoming a track that they were playing, you know, in Australia and in Thailand and New Zealand and Canada and all these places when they couldn't come home. So it's it's kind of touching that he passes away just just when his his track has just come back into to vogue with a whole lot of new fans who you know the, the kids basically and perhaps even the grandkids of the people who were listening to Summer in Dublin in 1980. Ah, uh, yes. 
Wonderful tributes there to the late Liam Riley. You're listening there to Ken Doyle, bass player with Bagatelle. Brian Kennedy, who I interviewed on this show just before Christmas, the biographer who wrote the book that summer in Dublin. I'm sure that book is going to fly now for him. And of course, Ken Sweeney, showbiz editor with the Irish Sun. And before that, we heard Liam himself there speaking about his formative years and growing up and where the music began. Now, we're continuing with the tribute to Liam this afternoon and if you've anything to say about him do get in touch with us on the show 086-1800-658 you can WhatsApp or text me here to studio or 1850-715-958 if you care to call in I'm joined by two men now who knew Liam Riley better than most Tony O'Kane lived around the corner from him was reared with him in Dundalk knows everything about him and the wonderful Jimmy Smith yes a great friend of late lunch his musical colleague and always in touch with Liam right to the end welcome to the show gentlemen thank you for joining me Hi, good to talk to you both this afternoon tony if i could begin with yourself i know you're still living round the corner from liam and you were in touch with him right up to recent days he'd, he'd been a little under the weather in recent weeks you were telling me he had just speaking to a few of his friends uh jerry over the last days there now he was too well maybe for the last couple of weeks and I think one or two of them had advised him maybe to go to the doctor, but he put it off uh, reluctantly, you know, and uh, we were stunned with the news on New Year's Day when we heard that he had passed away. It was just unbelievable. I think the town is still in shock over it. Like, you don't expect nowadays to die at 65, you know, so a a terrible tragedy for, for everyone involved in the music industry too, you know. He certainly was one of Dundalk's finest sons when it came to music, Tony, and, and held in that regard by, by so many. I had the privilege and honour of meeting him. It must be about 11 years ago or 12 at this stage. I met him in the fairways one day and did a, a quite an in-depth interview with him. He struck me, Tony, as being, for all his out there and on the stage and brilliance, he was a reserved type of man, wasn't he? He was he was unbelievably reserved, uh, Jerry, because... I first got to know him through uh, the years when I had the Century Barn and Dock, you know, and he'd, he'd come in for his lunch a couple of times a week uh, in with the Times, and he always came in uh, really around the 2 o'clock mark when most of the people would have uh, finished lunch, and he'd sit there, have his lunch, and read the Times for an hour or so. And uh, the local area here in Seatown is, was where he socialised nearly all of his life here in Dock. Anyone that knew him, he spent most of his time around the Seatown area, around uh, the bars. Beacons was particularly his home there in, uh, in, uh, in Town, And uh, our south of the century, we'd see him quite often. And the Castle Bar there, when, when Des Corbett had it, etc. You know, and he stayed to that locality. And he was, very, he was very, very close to his friends. And he held his friends dearly. The ones that he grew up with, he had a band called Changes before... Um, he had his success with Bagatelle and he was very loyal to those guys, uh, Brendan and Dermot McCourt and Chris McCabe, uh, John Jordan is a great friend, songwriter of his who passed away in South Africa, Jim Coyle, a lot of those guys. And he spent most of his life uh, around that little clique of friends, you know, and he was very, very loyal to them. And very happy there and very much at home. I, I know that. Fair to say about him, he didn't suffer fools gladly. Absolutely, no way. You couldn't, like, uh, you'd be the last man in the pub now to approach uh, Liam with a few drinks and start praising him and, and uh, getting into conversation about his. Uh, he wouldn't, absolutely, have no part of it. No, he just liked this nice, quiet corner and uh, he was 
sure of the friends he had around him and that's the way he lived his life. Come in there, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you. The wonderful Jimmy Smith is with us. And Jimmy, again, you in close contact up with him up until really recently. Yeah, we, Liam was a great man for the uh, late night, long Facebook messages. Uh, he was uh, he was a very erudite, well-read man and uh, apart from a very talented uh, fella altogether. So we, we, uh, anything I'd be doing, like for instance, the stuff I'd been doing with Carrie, he was a big fan of that and he was constantly trying to get uh, traction for it and get people interested in the States and whatever. And then we would talk about just various things. He would just, at the most random times, send me a very long message. So I'd get into a conversation with him that way. Bang him a few times. I hadn't spoken to him in the last couple of weeks right enough. And uh, Tony mentioned him there that he had been... Well, I wasn't totally aware of that, to be honest. Uh, I just heard the news like everybody else, but I heard it very early on New Year's Day. Or late on New Year's Eve, I heard it first before it was confirmed. Um... Yeah, so we know over the years, of course, I've known him since the late 70s, since that Bray scene with Bagatelle. And when they started out first, it was it was all centred around a place called the Mississippi Rooms in, in Bray. And we used to play there with the Bowie Boys. And so I knew them all very well at that point, And we were all kind of... And there was all those, like the Bagatelle, the Bowies, the U2, Step Aside. They were all kind of at the same time, uh, just, you know, trying to gained some traction in, in Ireland and internationally and mm. I can tell broke out very nice. You know, I always kind of uh, I spoke about this with Liam too. He was Liam was dark. He was a very dark man in a lot of ways. He did a lot of uh, he's a deep thinker, you know. So uh, I just I, I always found that even though he did huge success that he never got the recognition he deserved as a as a great songwriter. Yeah. And and you and you feel and you believe you, you said this to me when we were talking earlier that He's in the pantheon of the greats when when it comes to this, and and you feel really he didn't get that, as you said there. That he was greater than ever the recognition he got. Well, I think I think Ireland is you know I don't want to come down on Ireland too strongly, but I think we're very guilty of this. That you know Liam wouldn't have been uh, for some reason for whatever reason was not regarded as cool as time went on. And when you write something like somewhere in Dublin, and maybe in 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 his passing and in. Uh, after his life, he will get the, the respect he deserves. Yes. In life. I mean, everybody that ever put pen to paper or tried to write a song, everybody wants to have a big, massive hit, like like Somewhere in Dublin, for instance, a, a classic song that is now in the in the canon of great songs, great Irish songs. And everybody wants that, whether they say it or not, songwriters. Uh, and when you, when you achieve that, uh, like Liam did early on, he was quite young when that happened. Um, it's probably across a, a the bear, but it's an albatross around your neck in some ways, and then it's also responsible for a very solid career in other ways. But uh, uh, that's my first thought when I heard that he had died suddenly. I was literally, I had a guitar, I was in my studio, and I, I just started playing someone in Dublin. I said, I just, because I've always known that Liam's love of music and his knowledge of insight he's very knowledgeable of music he's really a, a historian on music he could discuss early music he could discuss rock and roll jazz you name it he was very very uh, uh, as I said very well read and very yes. well musically educated so mm. uh, which is also a great uh, achievement it's, it's almost like a, a sleight of hand trick to have a hit record like that Yeah, and, and in this you have uh, I mean I 
what I'm saying is that I picked up the guitar and I played it in the style of maybe Ennio Morricone or something. And I realized, you know, that song, Liam's harmonic, uh, I don't want to talk in two musical terms, but his harmonic complexity of songs that are very accessible actually could be a great orchestral piece. or It's a yes. fantastic piece of music. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we're going to hear your uh, version of Summer in Dublin in a moment as we, we oh. finish up. Stay there because I want to just go back to Tony for a moment. In, in, in terms of the outpouring of, of uh, you know, plaudits for him, Tony, and, and the, the grief being felt at the moment with his loss, and I do want to say at this time that we're thinking of his mum, Teresa, his sisters, Evelyn, Barbara, Doreen and Paula, and all of the family at this time, and we extend our sincere sympathies to them on, on their great loss. But this man will always be remembered in terms of Dundalk. When Dundalk has mentioned Liam Riley synonymous with each other, he is... Uh, as I said, one of the greatest sons. He was indeed, but uh, that was one of the things, especially about him. I know from people that were maybe living away from home and wh- wh- wherever he toured, he always made a point of uh, through the night mentioning, "Is there anyone in the audience from yeah. Dundalk?" You know, he had mm. great loyalty to the town, never left us. I know he could have gone off to Dublin, where it would have been more fashionable maybe for him to live, but no, he stayed with his roots in Dundalk and. He was embedded deeply in uh, in all the local events in Dundalk and loved his music, absolutely loved his music. Mm, he'll uh, live on, surely, for years. When you talk about it, uh, Jimmy, talking about their summer in Dublin, streets of New York, second violin, trump card, we hear all of those there. My God, the talent of the man. It, it was simply amazing. And he's been taken all too young and all too suddenly from us. That's the, the, the real sadness of this time. Uh, Jimmy, just back to you across the just to your colleagues and friends in the music industry. What are you hearing there? Mostly the same thing: uh, shock and saddened uh, at the uh, now pouring shock and sadness. And it, it's, it's you know it's always a little bit of frustration for me that it takes somebody to be taken so suddenly for people to realise that oh okay uh, that you know the shock of that and then I would I would like people to be a little more. Uh, certainly in the industry to be a little more supportive of our artists which Liam always was by the way very very supportive of talent um, I would like us all to be a little more supportive of people while they're alive actually you know what I mean yeah Jimmy which is there all the way you know that I certainly am and we yeah, are here you are Jerry. you're yeah. one of the great supporters we are here on LMFM Radio of course we are and we appreciate all the talent and try to help in any way we can and we will continue to do that Anyway, I just want to read a little message I've got here while the two year on. I'm getting lots of messages. Keep them coming to me. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Jerry, my name is May Woods from Dundalk. He was my cousin. His father and my mother were brother and sister. He used to come round and do Irish dancing for us growing up. And he was a born entertainer from no age. I want to send my condolences to his mother, trees and sisters and all of the family. Sums him up from no age, Jimmy. The talent was there. Absolutely. All he had, yeah, as I said, he was there and he's and he, the the cultist stuff, the piano, the accordion, all of that stuff. He was a, a musical encyclopedia in an awful lot of ways. Oh, listen, and uh, final words to yourself there. Um, Tony, would you like to say something in conclusion about yeah, Liam? Uh, Liam and I kept in touch through Facebook over there since, since the lockdown. I would put up a post, uh, uh, do a song mostly every weekend, and we'd be in touch on Saturday night, uh, a bit of banter about everything. But the sad part of this, uh, Jerry, is that he told me he had about over 20 songs ready for recording. And due to the COVID, he, he couldn't get into the studio, etc. And he was looking really forward to having these songs recorded. And such a loss. No, but I, I don't know, will every, uh, anyone take up the mantle and maybe try to find uh, 
the songs that he he had ready for recording. It's such a shame that he had so many, uh, as I say, ready to go and uh, such a loss. Ah, oh, please God, someone will listen. I'm very grateful to both of you, to Tony O'Kane, uh, a good friend of ours as well, and Jimmy Smith. Thank you both, gentlemen. And Jimmy, here you are with your tribute to Liam. It's Summer in Dublin Acoustic. Thank you indeed, both. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Thanks, Jerry. Thank Bye-bye. you, Jerry. A couple of years ago, I was just thinking about Liam Riley writing a power ballad for Eurovision and getting somebody new to sing it. I'm so sorry I didn't. He was simply brilliant. I saw the band several times. Condolences to his family and friends. Thank you, Mairead, for, for that. Brendan Moore has been on expressing his sympathies. Hilary from Kells, uh, oh, fan of Liam for years, she's telling me. Great singer-songwriter. Saw him most recently in Trim last year. What a fantastic show. He'll be sorely missed. David's on to us from Navin this afternoon. Jerry, fantastic tribute to Liam Riley. You should be proud of it. Thanks indeed uh, for that, David. And Enda Callaghan's been... Uh, sorry, I want to say that Justin Callaghan has been on to us as well. And he wanted us to mention his dad, Enda. Enda is 80 years young today. Enda Callaghan from Dunlear area, isn't he there? Yes. Happy birthday, Enda. That coming in from Justin and all the family, especially for you this afternoon. Now, it's changed times in the world and changed times and late lunch as well because normally at the start of a year we generally have a look ahead with a panel to the new year. Not possible this time round. You can understand why. But one man who's been with us on a number of occasions in recent years is going to talk to me on the line now. He's the former editor of the Irish Mirror. He's now a columnist with the paper and he's free as a bird to be a freelance journalist again. And of course he's a star of daytime television with Dahi and Maura on today. John Kieran's Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year to you, Jerry. Thanks very much for joining me on the show. Well, John, I suppose looking ahead to 2021, we're only in the early days, only one show in town. COVID, we're back to level five. John, what's your take on this? The opening up before Christmas, now we're back, it looks like, to square one. What do you feel about the government and how they've been getting on with the handling the pandemic? Uh, I'm not one to really have a go with the government over this, to be perfectly honest. Because I'm not a fan of lockdowns. I didn't agree with lockdowns. Uh, I could understand the first lockdown. I certainly didn't understand why we were locking down in September and October when the numbers were relatively low. And the numbers that I was looking at was how many people were in hospital and how many people were in ICU and how many people were dying. Um, I think in a pandemic, the, 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 the scenario changes all the time. I don't think anyone can really predict what can happen. I think people are working under immense pressure and doing their best. And that's from the politicians to the doctors to all the HSE staff to carers and nursing homes right across the board. You know, I mean, if you want to blame the government for shutting down early or for, for opening up a bit early, you know, you can equally you can go and blame Nevitt for, and the HSE for, you know, what happened in the our nursing homes and for, you know, the outrageous number of people who died in their or nursing homes. Yeah, in the early days of the, of, of the pandemic because of total incompetence by the NEFIT and HSE as far as I'd be concerned. Now, they, you have to give them credit as well. They were probably caught a bit on the hop, as you say there, like a lot of people well, have. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But I mean, I think in fairness, people were, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, oh, the government should have said this. I've just written a column for tomorrow. This country is divided down the middle over COVID. Anyone under 50 doesn't care less. It doesn't affect them. It's not going to kill them, right? Um, anyone over 50 is scared, is terrified. It affects them. It can kill them. And that's what's happened. And what we've had is lockdown fatigue, complete and utter lockdown fatigue. And that's why we got these massive high numbers, because people just didn't care. They, you know, they stopped washing their hands. They, they stopped, you know, they stopped uh, social distancing. They didn't care anymore. They were just sick of it. And that's what's happened. You know, they weren't paying attention to... You know, if you've got people saying the same thing and being negative all the time, which, you know, the chief medical officer was all the time, and even when the numbers were low, they were still being negative, people just switch off. So I think we've had a massive messaging problem over the last couple of months. So, John, just to take you up on that, look, the the public health people, Neffet and and Tony Holland, they they offer advice and they give their take on it and they try to look ahead and they try to say what they feel should be done. It's government's uh, prerogative day and night to take that advice or not not take that advice. And in the most part, they have taken the advice, you have to say. But here's the thing. It is down to individual responsibility. And you, you will find, look, I hear what you're saying to me. And of course, if you're younger than that, you have life to live, etc. If you're over an age, you're dead right. It is a big concern. But how do you get people under 50 or the sizable part of the population who don't give a damn? Now, I have to say, an awful lot of people have done their blimmin' best and continue to do it. How do you get the others to buy in? Well, I don't know. It's like for young people, it's a terrible time. You know, uh, they can't go anywhere. You know, well, those things like shutting... The pub's only open two weeks and then they will shut down again. You know, and, and we've had no control over you. Everyone, they all say socialising causes. Yeah, the socialising has been going on at house parties, Jerry. You know, why? Because, you know, the pubs weren't open. So there was house parties going on all over the place. The supermarkets are making an afternoon absolute fortune, right, and off licences, right, on booze. 
right? People have been stocking up. There's been parties going on, you know, right through, yep. you know, all last summer, you know, all over the place. You know, my son lives in Dublin. We've been thrown out of the pubs in Dublin there when they were open, or restaurants, at one stage at 11 o'clock. Sorry, at half past 11 at night. And where was everybody? You couldn't go to a nightclub or you could wear, there might have been some regulation. Instead, they were all just going to house parties. So are you saying, it, let, let me just, let me just... It's all fine in the summer, but in the winter, yeah. you know, when you're indoors, I hear. ventilation and all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, 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 and that, that's a valid point. But but I'm, it, I'm, I'm not trying to blame. I just don't think you can go blaming anyone. I think we're in a pandemic. This is my point, right? You know, you can't go, you know, having a go with the government in one hand, having a go with Netflix. Everybody is trying to do their best in very difficult circumstances. And we're dealing with a pandemic. And nine months down the road, it's very hard to bring the whole population with you. Mm. It really is. But here's the thing. What about prohibition? Stop off license sales. Stop the whole lot. No alcohol and sale at all. Shut that completely. I'd be totally against that. But then you don't need to have a whole black market, you know. Of course you would. Yeah. A whole black market that will grow up overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I hear what you're saying. Let's be honest about it, you know. We would have. But I believe that we were locking down at times there when there was no need to lock down. Okay, and you believe that an outlet with restaurants and pubs being open would uh, take people out from their homes for times, you're, you're saying to me, and there wouldn't be as much home drinking. I don't think there would have been as much home drinking. No, I could be totally wrong. Mm. Who knows? Like, this is a once in a century event. Who knows? Like, who knows all the solutions? Like, you may say uh, you're uh, being very hard on effort in relation to, to the nursing homes because it was new. Well, it's exactly the same. It's all new. It's new to the government. I mean, you know, these guys are politicians. They're doing their best. They're trying to keep businesses open. They're trying to keep people in jobs. I mean, the NAFTA didn't take any account. Like, doctors have no problem, you know, letting industry shut down and people losing their jobs overnight. The doctors weren't losing their jobs. You know, they're not living on 350 quid a week, so they haven't a clue. The mental torment, the struggles that people have trying to pay their mortgage, you know, and the hassle from banks, etc., and building society, you know, when they lost their jobs. Mm. You know, and there's no, there's, there's, there's no, there's, there's no accountability for the, the mental health aspect of any of this. And in fairness to me, Hall Martin and Leo Fraga, they were trying to take that into account. But we, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what the numbers are for suicides for this year. Yeah, well, that that is all. They're going to bet you they're going to be through the roof. Yeah, but that we won't get them because normally they don't, don't come out for two years down the road. And if you go through all the various corners trying to get the information, it's very very difficult at the moment. Mm. No, look at so, look. So I, it, all, it nearly comes to an age. Everybody who's you know over fifty, like me, like you, sitting at home, huge fans of Doctor Who, and they want to lock everything up. But you can't lock everything up because people need to walk. They need to make a living. The country can't afford it. I mean, even that it is, this lockdown is not really a lockdown compared to the first lockdown. And the first lockdown was a proper lockdown. Nobody left. You know, there was no, no construction. Everything shut down. That was it. Nobody. So do we need to do that again now, John, January and February? Is it behoving well, on all of us to do this? That's up to them. Uh, I mean... We'll just have to see how the numbers go over the next few weeks. And again, uh, you know, it's the, the, the death rate and all of this, hopefully the death rate will not be as high. You know, this yeah. is another thing. We kept listening to predictions of dead death rate by the officials. And thank God, since the first surge, the death rate numbers haven't really gone the way they predicted. They've been relatively low. Yeah, well, they've, they have now treatments in hospital and they understand this better. But the, right. the word on the, the street... Which, which, is, which, which is good. Yes. I mean, if you look at it as well, more people are still dying of cancer in Ireland than COVID. Mm. 
Oh, no, that... that you, still you, dying from heart disease and stroke yes. and COVID. That, yes. That's the stats here. COVID is the fourth biggest killer in this year. Right, sorry, in 2020, COVID, according to stats with the Census Statistics Office, was the biggest kill, was the fourth biggest killer in this country. Mm. You know, so it, it all depends on your approach, but it all comes to your age, you see. And, as I, and I come back to the point, anyone like, you know, 58, 59, 60, you know, you're at risk, so you think everything should be locked up to protect your safety. Mm. You're in your 30s, you've got a mortgage, you want your job, you need money. If you can't pay a mortgage, feed your kids, wear your family... Where mm. you going? If you lose your job, you're lying awake at night, you're yep. really stressed, wondering how you're going to pay a mortgage, how you're going to pay a car loan, how you're going to pay your bills. I hear what you're saying, and I'll also tell you as well that the incidence of this and more people being quite ill with it, it has moved as well into the younger age groups. That is Absolutely. starting to emerge I mean, now. I mean, and I think everybody's sitting at home now because uh, listening to this, right? And you know, when this all started, we might have known one or, or, or two people who, who got COVID. Right in the county, right or in Loudmead in the northeast. I know, bet you everybody at home sitting there knows at least five or six people have got it. That's how fast it's spread. Mm. Yeah, no, I and you are one hundred percent right there. The same myself. We know of people and more now than ever we did. Look, I got to move this on a little bit because we'll only be talking about this and you'll be gone. What about the vaccination program and the vaccine? I mean, you know, to be honest. Forget everything else I'm after saying for the last five minutes. It should be all about the vaccines now. And this is the bit that the government really, really need to get their act together. You know, it's this vaccination programme. And this is what really, really worries me. Because the HSE is a history of messing things up. And my fear is they'll mess this up. You know, I, I think up until last weekend, we'd only vaccinated three and a half thousand people. Mm. Okay? Which is appalling. It's woeful. Right? The politicians are saying, oh, we're going to start ratcheting up from today. We're going to start you know, doing all the, all the HSE staff in the hospitals across the country from today. We're going to do all the nursing and homes. Hopefully we'll have all them done by the end of February. Okay? My daughter you know, lives in Switzerland. They're vaccinating 70,000 people a day in Switzerland. Yes. Right? And that is the difference, John. And that's what I want to put to you. Right. We and, can't... And, you know, so we can't... We're, the way we're going here, you know, we're, you know, I tell you, the snails would be vaccinated quicker than us, the way it's going. <laughs> it would be vaccinating quicker than the HSE at the moment, right? That's the truth of it, right? The thing... slow. We're the slowest in Europe. And you heard all this thing nonsense. Civil service nonsense about, oh, we need to get the paperwork done. We need to get this. And all, all bullshit, right? So somebody needs to get a handle on this. There needs to be a minister for vaccinations, right? The army should be involved. The army should have been involved in the get-go in, in the whole vaccination process because air defence forces are brilliant and they're really good at logistics and operational stuff. Really, really good, right? We should be using every GA club across this country, right, to help vaccinate in every parish. We should make sure all our, get all the vulnerable. Anyone, you know, we should be, we should be rushing. And, you know, it should be going 24-7. Every bit of vaccine we get... 24-7, we should be injecting people and giving it to them. And especially people in the 90s, their 80s, their 70s, and the North Stars. Yes. And, you know, and that should be the immediate priority. So nobody should be dying. I mean, at the moment, like, you know, it's shocking for anyone to die at this stage because it's like coming up the hill at Chatham and you can see the finishing line. The vaccine is there. So to lose anyone now is madness. John, this is the thing. Nine to five, Monday to Friday is joke, nonsense. Jerry, a joke. Absolutely. Seven days a week. Awesome. Yeah. Constant. And this is what really worries me. And I don't have, I'm sorry, I don't have much faith in Stephen Donnelly, you know, as the Minister for Health. I think he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk, 
right? And I'm going to be brutally honest about this. I think Michal Martin, this is going to define his, his, his legacy, right? He ought to get these vaccinations done at 100 miles an hour, right? Or he's going to go down in history as an absolute failure. John, have we ordered enough? Have we access to enough vaccines from the EU? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I think we're going to be dependent on the Brits. And I think we need to all start saying prayers that the, uh, that the EU will pass the Oxford vaccine within the next two or three weeks. Mm. Right? And then I think we're going to be at the mercy of our friends, the Brits, to get as much of that as we can off them and to try and put out as more, you know. At, at the moment, we're only getting their percentage from, from the EU. So we have the first vaccine. We're getting a percentage of that. I think another 40,000 came today. We're waiting for the second one, the, what is it called, the Marie, I can't think of the name of Jerry. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's due to be approved this week by the EU. And then I think the Oxford one. Yeah, AstraZeneca is the other one you're talking about, AstraZeneca, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think the Oxford one then should be done in the next two or three weeks. Mm. So we can get as much a hand on that. That should make, you know, that should really speed things up. Mm. But it is, like, it is worrying because... You know, they all seem to be very blase. You know, they don't, there doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency. Yes. You know, like, we, we, they, they, there's all fighting going on about the level the level of, of COVID that's out there now and that we've had this massive toward wave. But there's no point in fighting over that. What we need to be fighting and shouting and screaming over is getting the bloody vaccines out there. Absolutely, and I think everybody, and I see the messages coming in, are in agreement with you there, saying that, look at ASAP, 24-7, get it done, and that's what people are saying. John, I have to leave it there, I'll be back to you, because there's loads I wanted to talk to you about, I'm going to give you a ring another day. Happy New Year to you, always welcome your opinion on the show, and keep safe. Thanks very much, Jerry, and the same to you and to all our listeners, uh, all your listeners in the North Thanks indeed, John. John Kieran is there. Mickey Hart, by the way. Thanks. I'll come back to you on that one. I will, I promise you. Take care, John. Bye-bye. Yes, John, wishing the the new Loud manager, Mickey Hart, all the best. He's a great GAA fan and a great Loud supporter. He has opinions, hasn't he, And He's not shy at sharing them with anybody. If you want to join in the conversation, react to anything John sent, get in touch with me. Let me know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Jerry, New Zealand did a full lockdown. They didn't even allow their own citizens to return to the country for a period of time. They're virtually COVID-free. Actually, I saw that they had massive New Year celebrations, but everybody out and about for the New Year, should we not consider the same, says a listener? Good question indeed. I'll be talking to Paul Moyne on the show tomorrow. We'll certainly put that to him. On school closures, Jerry, my street is full of children, about 10 or 15 of them at the minute, from 7 to 14, all from different areas, no masks. So if the schools close, that's when parents need to parent. Control your kids. All school staff need to be protected from the cleaner to the principal. I I agree. School, staff, teachers, etc. should be vaccinated as one of the priority groups. It's amazing, Jerry. says another listener. Everything in Ireland revolves around drink. Even COVID has jumped on the bandwagon. Pure nonsense. This virus will spread regardless, says Dave this afternoon. Uh, another one there. Uh, Jerry. there are other health issues uh, and people have to be treated for those like cancer and heart disease as well. I couldn't agree with you more. And they are ones that certainly are going down the pecking order because of the pressure on A&Es and with the number of people with COVID in hospitals. 
look, I heard what John had to say there and he made some really valid points and the age differential is a big thing. But what do we do? Only try to protect ourselves as best we can, flatten the curve. But the government, I say this again to the government, and I spoke to Brian McCraw uh, before Christmas on the show, he's heading up the logistics of the rollout of the vaccine. This government is going to be judged on the delivery of this vaccine ASAP. Jack's been on to say, why is there such a delay, Jerry, in Ireland? Delay is costing lives. Israel will have a quarter of their population, a quarter vaccinated by the end of January, says Jack. And John Cairns is talking sense, he says. He adds to his message there. Thanks indeed. Nice to hear from you all this afternoon. Keep the messages coming to us. We pay tribute to Liam Riley, top of the show. Another music legend passed away on the other side of the Irish Sea in recent days. Oh, very sad to hear about Jerry Marsden. Jerry and the Pacemakers, Liverpool born and rare and in tribute to the late Jerry Martin, there is only one song to play. When you walk through a storm. Rest in peace, Jerry Martin, but you know something? Your song and your music will live on forever and ever. That song will be played long after we're all gone. It will, it'll always be there. And you know the great thing about it? He was there to sing it and perform it when Liverpool won the league after, what, 30 years uh, last year as well. And it was the link. He was always with them and a great Liverpool fan as well. Jerry Marsden, who passed away in recent days. We remember him and dedicate that to his memory and to all Liverpool fans who are, uh, I'm sure, hoping their side can make it two in a row this time round. Won't be that easy at the title league this year, isn't it? Man City are on the march as well. Interesting, interesting. It's a great league, I have to say. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Still to come on the show, talk about Walk On. Yes, she is walking on and she's with us after three o'clock on the show. And McVeigh, she did a year of walking. Guess what? She's away on the second year. I think she's the Forrest Gump of the North East, to be honest with you. Anyway, Anne will be with us a little bit later on in the show. But after our next break, you will be inspired, I promise you, by the wonderful Marie Faye. Oh, you're full of chat to us on late lunch this afternoon. John's been on from the UK. He's listening to us. Hello, John. He met Liam Riley over 20 years ago in Brannigan's Bar. I think that was Brannigan's in Drogheda, if I'm not mistaken. John was selling lines and Liam put his name on the top line and drew a line down to the bottom and he gave me 20 punts. He was a gentleman and it was really great to meet him and I'm really sorry to learn of his death. Thank you, John. Paddy's been on to say John Kieran's interview was the most sensible moments he's heard on radio in a long time. Michael, John Kieran's interview was a breath of fresh air. He's just calling it as it is. Most sense he's heard. The government must do something to get this vaccine across the country, ASAP, and so on and so on. They go, I'll come back to your comments a little bit later on. Now, I'm going to read uh, the little inspirational quote on my calendar, which I do at the start of every month. Calendar sent to me by Jer McCullough from the Divine Word Missionaries. The saying for January is this. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. Oh, you'll be more than happy for a day if you go fishing, I can tell you. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. And on the very front of the calendar it says, life is not a race but a journey to be savoured each step of the way. Yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I love it. And that leads me in nicely to a woman who inspires me because I follow her on social media and I love what she has to say. Marie Faye, Happy New Year. 
Oh, Jerry, thank you so much and Happy New Year to you and yours as well. It's great to have you with us today. Well, look, as I say, I follow you. You may not think I don't always do the little click back to you, but at times I do. But I read what you have to say and I have to say this to my listeners today. You do inspire me. You really, really do. And I was looking at a post you did there towards the end of the year, just after Christmas. And my God, you have done so much in your life with the change in the world. Well, yeah, I mean, like last year, I know everybody at the start of the year, especially last year, you know, we had no idea what was ahead. And we all have our usual New Year resolutions. And usually I would actually pick a mantra or a word for the year that I kind of focus on throughout. Um, So this year, actually, I've chose possibility, but we maybe come back to that. But yeah, as the year went on, it was like, everything on the external just seemed to go upside down and we felt as though we were losing control over where we were going, what we had planned for our year, how we were going to approach it. Everything just kind of came to a standstill. And I thought, right, okay. So what I found for me was that I actually took my focus from the external And I brought it back very much to where I was, which was at home, within my own home and within my own body, which is my other home as well. We have three homes. We have the earth, we have our home and we have our bodies. So I chose to focus on, well, where can I put my focus in order for me to be the best that I can be to, as you say, to help other people to be able to move through what they, they move through. So, yeah, I grabbed it. Um, I took the opportunity to explore uh, what would help me, which would also help my clients on a deeper level. And, yeah, it, it, it turned out. Now, it was very challenging uh, in certain uh, times of it. I'm not going to say it wasn't because I think challenges have come up for everybody over the last year. And as we face into this year, you know, just because the new year switches from one to the other, it doesn't mean that it magically disappears, but we can develop the resilience and the tools to be able to move through what we are facing and what we are moving through. So, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I, I found dance in my life again, uh, which I had forgotten how much I loved it. I used to do a lot of exercise and dance classes, so I... Uh, started to do an online kind of movement and dance. So that really, really helped me and inspired me. I studied with Tony Robbins. I studied feng shui. I qualified in mindfulness. Yeah, a lot of things have helped me to move into a new space for myself so that I can be of service to other people. My word, you have embraced (laughs) things. And you didn't mention the energy healing, the mindfulness. And here's the other thing. You cleared out the house. 14 years of stuff, you said. I think there's there's nothing like that, Marie, because we get absolutely cluttered with stuff. And it clutters deeper than just the physical, doesn't it? Oh, it goes beyond the physical, your home environment. And we're we're all at home so much more now. So I guess that's where I started to see, oh, okay, I could have a look at that, even though I'm not a hoarder in general. But, you know, we moved 14 years ago. So uh, we we had stuff that we I didn't even realise that we still had. 
Um, so yeah, because I was in my home environment, it was kind of where my focus started to go. And uh, you know, when you clear out even a drawer, when you open it, you feel so much better. Like order creates serenity. It's so true. Um, now, some people like a lot of things around them and you have to do what feels right for you. Uh, and it's not about getting rid of everything, but it's just about maybe getting rid of the stuff that you don't need to take into a new year. You don't need to take into a new you, a new beginning stuff that is just lying in filing cabinets or in your attic. Like the, when we took down our Christmas decorations, I realized that we had Christmas decorations that we have no space for that we used in our old home, but we really didn't use here. And we kept them for 14 years. <laughs> So I reached out and I said, right, well, who made the, you know, uh, so a friend of mine said, oh, I'll, I'll take them. I know somebody that would love those. Um, so it's about, you know, helping other people to, yes. to enhance their environments as well. It's not maybe getting rid of stuff that you can share it. Yeah. You can do, donate to charity. Just check with your local charity store and see if they're accepting donations at the minute. But, you know, you can have it put aside and ready to help other people to to, you know, have something that you're not going to use that somebody else will love. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so my environment, even yesterday, my daughter came to me and she said, I'd really like to change my room around, new, new year, new me. And I thought, okay, right. So she asked me what I had for. I said, yeah. Now, I mean, I thought it was going to be a smaller job than it actually turned out to be. But, <laughs> you know, well, at the end of the evening, yesterday evening, we sat and we just said, oh, that just feels amazing. There you go. And that's yeah. a great tip for anybody to do. But two things to be cognizant of, of what, what Marie said there. It's what makes you comfortable. Because some people, you know, you don't go the whole hog. I love to do the big clear and, and feel great yeah. for it. And the other thing, remember, folks, give it to somebody. Donate to charity. It's not, you don't have to dump everything because there yeah. are uses for stuff that may not be yours today, but be useful to somebody tomorrow. Now, come back to this word you're focusing on for the new year and tell us what you're going to, what your thoughts are around that word. Possibilities. Is that what you said? Yes. Now, I usually, every New Year's Eve, I would take uh, some time to reflect on the year that's gone by and to see where I want to kind of put my focus for the new year. Uh, Last year, and I'm going to carry this forward forever, it was keep it simple. And that just rang through my ears last year. If I felt myself getting stressed or you know, because so much seemed to be out of my control that once I said that to myself, I said, right, okay, keep it simple. What can I keep this simple? What, what, what can I do? How can I be? What can I say? Just in the moment that takes it all back to simplify things and not let your mind run away with yourself into, oh, what could happen? This could happen. That could happen. The other can happen. It 99% of the time doesn't happen, but we stress ourselves about it. So it's about just bringing yourself back to that feeling of, you know, keep this simple. What can we do right here in this moment? So that I'm going to take forwards anyway. Uh, but yeah, I pondered on it a few words and then it kind of just settled in on possibility. Um, because I think we all need to have some sort of hope uh, now this year, especially that there's the possibility that things can get better. There's a possibility that new ways can be found. There's a possibility that, yes, that I may be able to get a new job or that I may get a solution to a health 
uh, crisis that I have or possibility in a new dream that, you know, something that you're passionate about, but you haven't really done anything about. But okay, there's a possibility that I can do something every day, even just think about it or talk about it, that it might be possible that it would uh, come about in, in the future. You see, your energy goes where your attention goes. So, you know, it's about making a choice that, you know, you can focus on what you don't want or you can focus on what you do want and what you're grateful for. Gratitude is another huge, I know I've spoken about this with you before, everybody's probably fed up listening to me about gratitude, but it's literally changed my life and continues to change my life on a daily basis. And it helps you to focus on what it is that you are grateful for and grow that and see the possibility you know, even looking outside, nature offers you the possibility of growth. I was looking at the new buds on the trees this morning. You know, like we look at things when they're shedding and letting go that it's a death of something. But actually the new buds are what pushes the old leaves off the trees. So it's actually new growth that lets go the old and is actually bringing in the new. So nature is full of possibilities. So, yeah, it's it's definitely my word for this year, I think. <laughs> well, let people ponder that word today, Marie, and you are so right about the buds. And I was just looking at them with my granddaughter the other day, just before we had to lock down and couldn't meet. And I was showing her them. We were out for a walk and I was explaining uh, that here was the new growth on its way already, even as we are in the depths of winter. So possibilities, folks, keep it in your mind. Look at it as Marie has advised us there. I'm going to touch base with you a little more if you don't mind over the next little while because you will inspire and you do inspire. And I wish you again the happiest of Happy New Year's, Marie. Thank you very much, Jerry. I really appreciate it. And thank you for inviting me on today and wishing you and all your listeners a happy and healthy New Year. Talk to you soon, Marie. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all for your New Year's wishes. I really do appreciate them. They're coming in there to us uh, thick and fast on our social media and across uh, the WhatsApp and text numbers 086-1800-658. Hi, Jerry. This is Jerry McCullough who sent me the uh, calendar. Happy New Year to you and your family. All will be grand in 2021 and will turn good for all of us. Thanks indeed for reading the little sayings on the calendar. Just to let you know, another musician and singer passed away. Robert Mazel's dad, Richard, died in Louisiana. They recorded a few months ago together like father, like son. Oh my God, isn't that very poignant that they did that? Lovely parting message for Jerry Marsden. Jerry, thanks for playing the song. You're very welcome indeed. And another one there saying, Jerry, keep up the great work. Keep the spirits up. 2021 will be better for all I promise thanks indeed keep them coming to us now we move on on the show this afternoon I'm going back to one of the most beautiful young singers I've had the privilege of interviewing over the years here on the show happy new year Leah Barneville happy new year how are you I'm brilliant how are you I'm really good well how are you getting on you know things have changed since we spoke was it back in November time we were talking last how are you doing and what do you feel about the bloody new restrictions Oh, well, um, I think it's just one of those things that's just, you have to just have to deal with it. Yeah. It's just for everyone's safety and health, and that's the most important thing at the moment. And we all got our Christmas or some sort of Christmas, which was the main thing, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously difficult going into January looking into lockdown, but you have to look at the positives as well. It gives you 
more opportunity to, to really appreciate what you have and your family and your health, your own health. Yeah. And it's just, it's really important to remember the positives in every bad situation. Yes, and the year will improve as it goes on. I want to emphasise that again yes. to everybody. It is going to get better from uh, these dark times. Now, you young lady have been busy over the holidays. This is a great story. I wanted to have a wee chat with you today about it. Yes. Your granddad, his name is Liam Roach, and he's originally from Castle Knock, but he's not living in Ireland, Liam. No, he's living in Spain, in Bella Madna, sorry. Yes, I know it well. I holidayed there a couple of times. <laughs> a lovely place. We used to call it Bella Medina, but it's Bella Madna, isn't that the proper yeah, pronunciation? Yeah, no, yeah. It's hard <laughs> to say. It is hard I to say. I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, he's in Spain, but he normally comes home for Christmas. Yes, he does normally come home for Christmas. And this year, because of um, the rising COVID numbers, he obviously decided that it wasn't safe to travel. And he's actually listening in. Ah, Liam, hello. Hi, Grandad. (laughs) Ah, Say hello, go on. I I interrupt you there. Say hello to him. Hi, Grandad. (laughs) Ah, I'm sure he's delighted and so proud of you. So look, he can't come home. He didn't come home. And fair dues to him, like the thousands and thousands of others, expats who decided to stay put, I congratulate them. You did a great job. It wasn't easy. So you came up with an idea. I did. So one afternoon I was thinking, oh, what will I do for Grandad for Christmas? Because obviously he's away. I can't really get him a present. Um, so I decided a few, a few, about a month ago, I found um, an album, a six track album that I recorded when I was 10. And it had a, the song The Prayer on it. And I still sing that song now as a duet. Um, it's usually a male and female duet. Um, you can also sing it as a solo as well. But I, at the time I sang it as a solo. So I decided why don't I turn it into a duet and sing with my younger self? I was 10 at the time, so sing with my 10-year-old self and give it to my granddad as a Christmas present because he loves hearing me sing and he loves showing me off to his friends. And I just thought that he would love this idea of seeing my progress and how I've grown. And he actually did love it in the end, thank God. No wonder he loved it, because we absolutely love it too. What a brilliant concept. The 10-year-old you with the Leah Barnival of today combining to produce this wonderful song for your granddad. It just touched us all, and we had to bring the story to a greater audience today and let them hear what it's all about, you then and now. Introduce it. I'm sure we'll be talking as the year moves on, because there's always plenty going on in Leah Barnival's life, and what a talent she is, of course from County Mead on our doorsteps here in the North East. Leah, go on, introduce it and especially I'll dedicate it to your granddad, Liam Roach, who's listening today. Bella Madna <laughs> in <laughs> Spain. we to change the name of that place. Go on, Leah, introduce it. Thank you very much. So this is The Prayer, a duet with my 10-year-old self. Thank you. Happy New Year. Oh, Jerry, great programme today. All my favourites. That lady was simply amazing. All we need on this day. Please God, it will get better and it will with a little faith. Happy New Year to you all, says Nula. Nula, lovely to hear from you. Yes, Marie Fay, she is such an inspirational lady and we will be talking to her much more on late lunch over the coming weeks and months. Leah Barnival, Jerry, what a beautiful voice she has and to hear her then and now, fantastic. Really wonderful. Thanks a million. That comes in from... 
uh, an unknown listener this afternoon. I do know this fella. He's Noel Rooney from RD, better known as Murph. And he says, Jerry, I remember many years ago, uh, the day after a publican's ball in the Ferries Hotel, we were in Bagans in Seatown. Liam Riley was there and he started to play the piano. This sing-song started up and I was asked to sing. What a great sing-song it was. And this is my claim to fame to sing accompanied by Liam Riley. Well done to you, Morph. Lovely to hear from you on the show today. Hope you're keeping well and Happy New Year to you and all your wonderful friends in RD. Now, the light is coming, folks. Yes, the light is on the way. Let me tell you this. The shortest day of the year, the sunset was at five minutes past four. Today, what do you think? What do you think it is today? I'll tell you what it is. 20 past four. So we've put on 15 minutes of light already this, uh, since the uh, shortest day. That has to help and be positive because the coming of the light is simply wonderful. Paul has been on to say, I hope everybody, Jerry, is keeping with the little tris- Christmas tradition. Yes, little Christmas day is the 6th. It's this Wednesday. And you should keep your tree and decorations and everything up until the 6th, until after the 6th. I do it every year and it'll come down on the 7th, but we will keep it until the 6th. And of course, the wise men only arrive into the crib. That's a tradition as well on the 6th. I was in the recycle centre just after Christmas. Lots of cardboard. My God, the amount of wrapping on stuff. It just gets greater and greater each year and we're supposed to be getting better at it. Not in my estimation, but I looked. I went over with Ava. It was on the 27th, I think, and it was open that day. The Saturday, I think, after Christmas, was it? Am I right there? Or maybe it was the following. I, all the days of her muddle at this stage. But anyway, we went to the recycle centre and there were two trees. Yeah, I think it was the 27th. Two Christmas trees in with the shrubbery. Oh, my God, I thought. Little Christmas me bum there. Anyway, uh, the other thing, listening to Mark there on the news and at the end of the news, snow on the way Thursday, Friday. Woohoo! And they're off school. I used to remember when I was a child and the snow fell and it was a bit of a depth in it. So you'd think you were on the Alps. <laughs> they were our Alps anyway. The little hills round Drawd in the northeast. To be sure, we never got to see the Alps. Anyway, snow on the way later on in the week. Now, late lunch. We've been uh, playing music at this time on the show for quite a while now. Yes, we have the soundtracks from my life, followed by the album in the attic. And today I begin a new series on Late Lunch. So each week on the show, at this time each day, I'm going to select a featured artist or artiste. Yes, we'll have a featured artist at this time, Monday to Friday on the show, and we'll play a song from the artist at this time of the day. And I've decided to start with the Bee Gees. Barry, Robin and Morris Gibb. 1958, they were formed in Queensland, Australia, but of course they were from the UK. They moved to Australia, back to the UK and onto the USA. Yes, their heyday, late 60s, early 70s and then the late 70s with the disco era. But the song I've sp- picked today is from 1967. It was their first number one in the UK and it sold 5 million copies worldwide. And listen to this. They were in New York when the three of them wrote this song and they'd never been to Massachusetts. The Chooses, the Bee Gees, my featured artists on Late Lunch this week and the uh, lead vocals there sung by Robin. Uh, Usually Barry uh, took the lead and there was always a bit of conflict between them because of that. And here's a little uh, ditty about that song, Massachusetts. Did you know that it was the second ever record played on BBC Radio 1? 
The first being Flowers in the Rain by The Move. That was the first one. And Massachusetts was the second. BBC Radio 1. Little bit of a ditty there for you. And uh, <laughs> I'm not your Raymond, but I'd say he did. Yes, I'd say he did. <laughs> yes, our Eddie knows everything about music and he really does. But anyway, there you have it. Uh, the Bee Gees for you and a classic from them. And another one at the same time for you tomorrow on Late Lunch. It is the first programme of the new year. Year. If you're joining us for the first time, you're very welcome to the show. Half one to half three every day here on LMFM Radio with an eclectic mix of guests, music and more besides. And of course, your input as the audience as well, always appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with us out of hours, late lunch at lmfm.ie is the email address. If you have a guest or a story, please don't hesitate. Get in touch with us. That's late lunch at lmfm.ie. And don't forget our social media channels on LMFM Radio and download that app you must have that app with you bring it with you because then you can bring us with you wherever you go and hopefully you'll be going places in the world later this year to finish the show today after a final break it's another woman who inspires me yes she walked every day for 365 days last year and I thought she'd hang the boots up not a bit of it she's on her way again and McVeigh next She's a great woman and she's another one that I keep a good eye on because she's an all-rounder. She's a brilliant community worker. She helps her neighbours and friends. She has a civic spirit about her. She is an allotment, loves the old gardening like myself. And last year, she decided at the beginning of 2020 to head off and walk every single day. And boy, she did it. And we touched base with her from time to time. I talked to her last late November and she was into the final straight. And I said, well done, Anne. And the next thing, Bink, on social media the other day, here she is and she's away again. Anne McVeigh, what's got into you? Hi, Jerry. How are you? Yeah, well, I just can't stop walking. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a bit of an addiction going on here at this stage. I just, uh, I I suppose I probably knew coming towards the end of the year that it was going to start all over again. It was inevitable. So um, (laughs) so here we are. Another, well, started off with another 100 days of walking. That's where I am. That that was launched on the 1st of January. So, um, but I'm sure there'll be 365 <laughs> days of walking this year. And, I have no doubt. <laughs> and don't be trying to convince us or convince yourself that it'll stop now at 100 because I know you. But it's obviously something that gets in on you. And when you do it, it it's like a drug really in a way and a good one that you have to get your fix. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I have to. I just have to get out and walk every day now. And I have to make time for it. That, that's the thing. Like I have to eek out this time and say, like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to walk today? And and I try to keep it different and I'm trying to kind of jazz it up a little bit and, and find different walks to do. And uh, so that's kind of been the challenge. And also posting the photographs on social media, that has also been a challenge. So it means that I have to go somewhere different all the time. So it kind of keeps mm. me on my toes. And um, I love it. It's it's free. It's It's kind of safe. You can social distance. You can... You can kind of get your head together when you're out there. You know, as I said, I used yes. to run and I used to have all my best thoughts when, when I'm out without running and now I'm out walking and I'm trying to do the same thing, you know. But the difference being that everything is slowed down so I can appreciate things that are around me, which is, it's been amazing. I've been to places and I've walked roads in the town that I didn't even know existed. I was in McGrath Lane up at Railway Terrace and, and I don't tell Tom Wiley because I said this before, I keep walking over the far side. <laughs> <laughs> I did a bit of a grow for the far side, I really do. So Mary's Bill is and down the Dale and, and you know, it's been nice um 
I was we went to, I went for a walk the other day and I had done the the Boyne Valley walking the 1200 steps to Drogheda so it's literally gone up and down the steps it's about a 10 kilometer walk around the town and it was lovely and then the next day I thought well I'm going to do the the Boyne te- the old Boyne 10k the Drogheda 10k route yeah. but I did it backwards and sure lo and behold I met this gang at Drogheda and district girls out and they were doing the 1200 steps walk that they that I had posted the previous day so it was great to see somebody, you know, that somebody was inspired to go and do that walk because I had posted the video of it the previous day, so. Yeah, and you know so something, think, do you know something there, just to, I, I'll let you, sorry, I've cut across, no, but I, on, I, I want to for a specific reason. You know what you said there, and this applies to anybody listening today in any of the towns or areas that you live in the northeast. When you go walking, and somebody said to me, this to me uh, over the holiday, that you will discover areas that you would never normally get to or know where they're at. And you've, you you can bear that out. Oh, 100%. I, I even, I walked up, one of the days I went to, I was heading down the back of Scotch Hall there, down the Marsh Road, and I walked up the bottom part of Poor House Lane. And I'd never, ever walked up that in my life. But like, I'm 54. I'm thinking, how did I never just walk that, mm. you know, couple of hundred yards of, of road that was has been there forever. Yeah. But I just had never done it. So so I'd like I've been to places that I think, I've never been here before, you know. And then people are looking and thinking, Oh, I've never been there before. So, yes. you know, I, I know there's people out there that have gone out and, and tried to kind of copy the walks that I've done because I put the photographs up but I wouldn't always say where I've been. So there's kind of a little bit of a challenge out there. And I, I hope I like to think that, you know, maybe people will go out and walk because they'll think, oh, it's a good thing to do. It's, you know, it's great for your head. It's 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 physically very good for you, obviously. And Andrade is amazing. It's it's so beautiful. And you can always walk somewhere differently, you know. So and yeah. it's lovely. I like to post the pictures as well because there's a lot of people in, in the past 12. But like my own son hasn't been home in 12 months. I haven't seen him since last December. So it's nice to put pictures up of the mm. town and... People can kind of keep in touch and, you know, and, and pop in. I said, I know Mal Murray over in Australia, he said that like he'd, he'd come on to my 100 days of walk and, or my 366 days of walk and as it was, having his morning coffee. You know, that, that, was, yes. <laughs> that was his thing. He'd flick in and say, ah, oh, where was she in Drogheda today? So it's That's nice. another angle. Isn't that a lovely yeah, thing nice. to think about as well? I, Look, yeah. for somebody today who's procrastinating and says, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I will, I will, I will, but keep putting it off. How do you get going? What do you say to them? Uh, well, the first thing I, I would do was, you know, f- find a half an hour in your day. It doesn't, it, it can be in the, it, at night time. Do you know mm. what I mean? You can walk around the centre of the town. There's, there's amazing things to see, you know, from the Highlands Gallery and you know, up around Lawrence's Gate and Magdalen Tower. So you you can walk busy places when it's dark. You know, you don't, you don't have to be going kind of wild and going somewhere into the, the wilds of nowhere. But, uh, you know, try and set that time for yourself every day and say, right, I'm going to try this. So what what worked for me last year and how it started was the 100 days of walking, you know, uh, and I didn't start. I actually didn't start it on, on the 1st of January. I started it on the 2nd of January right. last year. So that that was the I thought, oh, I'll give this a go and see if I can do it. And it was actually Karen Devine who had um, inspired me to do it because she had done it the previous year. And I thought, oh, why didn't I do that before? You know, yeah. so, you know, sit down there and, and try and find that half an hour, you know, and, and you'll feel the benefit. You'll feel good after you've done it. You know, there's days that I have dragged my sorry butt out of a chair and thought, oh, I have to go walking today. But I've never regretted it. I've never you've done it. I've You've never once regret. I've been out in the rain and the, the snow <laughs> and the frost and the sun and the wind <laughs> and you know. And I've never once come back and said, "Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I went out and did that." You know, so that, that that's what it is. Try try and get that mindset to think that yeah, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to give it a go. Even say for a week, I'm going to walk every day for a week and see how I feel. And take it and from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you'll find that it'll kind of get in and you, I think, yeah, I like, you know, I can keep doing that. And it's great. You need to get out, get some fresh air, mm. as I said, enjoy some nature, watch the sunrise, watch the sunset. Well, whatever you like, you know, whatever takes your fancy. Go so how many there. days are you on now? 360? I'm on 360. I haven't walked yet. Well, I have walked a bit, but I haven't done the walk yet today. So I'll okay. be... I think it'll be on 370 today. 370 yeah, today. Yeah, okay. 370 today. Yeah, and, and another 300 and something to come. Oh, she's going to do yeah. it the full year. She's going to do it. She's not going to stop. The, I'm looking at people on Twitter and, you know, and they're on their 700 days walk. And so that, yeah, oh, I can wow. do that. Well, you yeah, will do it. Do With no disrespect, I can call you the Forrest Gump of the Northeast. With the highest of respect, I say that when he went off and ran, I don't know, for months and years anyway. Absolutely. But there you go. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Anne, it's great to chat to you and catch up with you Thank on you, the show this afternoon. I wish you well for the year ahead. Thank and you. Uh, good luck. We'll keep uh, a good eye on you as well and keep inspiring doing what you're doing. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, Jerry. Bye. Happy Thank New you. Year. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Anne McVeigh there. 370 days. She's right. Do it for a week. Get up and do it for a week. Make the commitment. Put the time aside. Do it and away you go from there. And you'll be surprised. It'll get in in you. When you do the first week, you'll be into the second and then you wonder why you never did it in the past. It's good for mind, body and spirit. That is for sure. Now, tomorrow on Late Lunch, Yes, we have. Uh, I'll tell you who we have for you tomorrow on Late Lunch. We have Paul Miner. Professor Paul Miner is back with us. Top of the show. Three weeks since we spoke. They say a week is a long time in politics. Three weeks in the terms of COVID is a lifetime. The money doctor, John Lowe, is with us tomorrow. An extended interview with him. It's the beginning of the year. How can you make a few, Bob? What should you do with your savings? What about mortgages, switching, all that type of stuff? Yes, John Lowe with us on the show tomorrow and much more besides. So do make sure to join us from 1.30 on Tuesday afternoon. Have a nice evening. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive and he has some cracking tunes for you over the next couple of hours. Stay safe this evening. Stay within the 5K. The three words really we've got to keep in mind are this hands face and space just think about that hands wash them face cover it up and keep the space between us all hands face space keep those words in your mind do it do it for the next couple of months and the year will be better as we move through the spring and into summer see you tomorrow at half one the Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. Our Renault 211 pre-order sale is now on. Test drive the new Renault Unplugged range today with low APR, cashback and monthly deferred payments. Check out blackstonemotors.ie for details and our amazing new car offers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.